0: Christ Covenant family, it is my pleasure and my privilege to be here. I thank you for the opportunity you give me to preach today, this Sunday, to bring God's word. It has been a journey this year, and it has been an encouragement to have you as our mother church, as our friends, as our family, as people that have been praying for us. My name is Jose Portillo, and we are planting a church here in this city, in the university city, and we need your prayers. We need your partnership in praying for us, in praying for our community, in praying for God to move, in planting a church in the university area. We desire that God will use us so that people will discover his life. And in discovering his life, that they will be empowered to live a life that is full of his life, an abundant life, enabling them to proclaim the gospel wherever they go people need to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ because truly their lives depend on that. So please go with me to our reading for today. We will find it in the book of James, chapter one, verses 19 to 27. Let's hear the word of the Lord. Know these, my beloved brothers. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, Slow to anger, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word, and not hearers only. Deceiving yourselves, for if anyone is a hearer of the word, and not a doer, He is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in the mirror, for he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, open our ears, open our hearts That your word will be implanted in us and that we will go, therefore, out and do the work that you call us to do through our gifts and talents. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, in our verses for today, James is speaking clearly to his beloved brothers. He calls them my brothers, my beloved ones. He is speaking to the people of God, but he is concerned. He is concerned with the testimony of their lives. He's concerned with the fruits of the lives of the Christian people that he is writing to in the middle of his community. James will call their attention to their fruits. James wants them to pay attention. How is their life being displayed to the world that is surrounding them? He will tell them the gospel demands real fruits in your lives. He's going to invite them to look into their hearts, and look into their actions, to look at what the testimony of their lives is testifying to the world that is around them. So he will show them that they are living inconsistently. He will show them that the life that the gospel demands is the life and the fruits of pure religion. So today I I want us to see three things in this text. First, I want us to see that there is deception in our own emotions. Second, the deception of a pretty or attractive religion does not produce good fruit. But finally, I want, to, I want us to see that there is freedom and that there is power in pure religion. So James, wants, James is concerned with the people he is writing to. And that's why we can read in verses 19, he is writing number one, to be loved people of God, he is concerned for those who he loves. James wants them to examine the fruits of their so-called religious life, perhaps religious fruits that look the part but are actually not bringing about transformation of the gospel. The first thing that James wants to bring their attention to is their emotions and their emotional actions and that's why we can go to verses 19 and 20. He says, know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. That was a common saying that people knew about. Be slow to speak. Be quick to hear. Be slow to anger. James is asking the people of God to check themselves out of love. He's telling them they might be loved, he says to them. He's telling them, you know People are looking at you and you are acting. You are not listening. People are looking at you and you're speaking quickly and you're acting out of your emotions. You are trying to deal with the issues that surround you in your own strength. That's why he says, be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. James is telling them, you are acting too fast. You are allowing your indignation, your rage, your arrogance, your pride to move you against the issues that are bothering you. And he says, this is not holy anger, but this is self-righteousness. This is man-centered anger. And that's why the text says, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. These are dear, beloved brothers and sisters, but they are acting. But their acting is not reflecting the righteousness of God. People are not saying, I want to know their God. I want to follow their lives. I want to be disciples as they are growing in discipleship. James is worried about the people of God because their testimony is not reflecting God. Which means that the actions and the fruits that they are producing speaks to the way that they are receiving the word in their lives. One of the truths of the gospel is that the the seed of the gospel is a good seed. The gospel is always good. The seed of the gospel is always good and that means it will always produce good fruits. So the question is not whether the seed is good. The question is, what about the soil? What is the condition of the soil? That is why James 1.21 says, and he calls them to examine themselves and to realize what is driving their actions. He says, 21, Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. James calls attention to the people of God to realize that the fruits of their actions were not producing salvation. They were producing rampant wickedness. On the one hand, the gospel at their disposal has the power to transform their own lives and the lives of the people that surround them. But in the other hand, they're acting in anger. They're acting too quick. And their fruit is that people are seeing brokenness rather than the gospel life. In the other hand, James says that the gospel is always good. The word of God is always good and it should produce good fruit because the gospel is always good. That's why he points out the implanted word of God will produce good fruit. So he's asking the people, please check your hearts, check your lives because there is not, good fruit is not being seen in your lives as you are trying to tackle life and the issues that surround you with anger and acting fast. James wants the people of God to realize that the seed doesn't fail. So that means they need to examine their hearts. How are you receiving the implanted word of God? What are the obstacles in your lives that are impeding the fruit to bear good fruit? No, the seed is always good. So James is worried. James is calling the people to check their emotions. To not be deceived by them. Rather, they should be pursuing the fruit of the gospel. They should be looking at the issues and the people that are causing the issues surrounding them with gospel lenses. If the gospel has transformed my life, it can transform their lives. But rather, the people are seeing the things that make them mad, the issues that are becoming obstacles. James is calling the people of God to check their emotions, to not be deceived by them. Rather, they should be pursuing the fruits of the gospel. They need to be quick to hear God's word. Letting the implanted word of Christ come into their lives. Because the seed is always good. That means the gospel has rescued us. That the gospel has brought us from death to life. That the gospel has brought us from the world into his kingdom. That the gospel has made us enemies, now sons and daughters of the King. Before we couldn't delight in the law of the Lord, now we not only walk in his law, but we can meditate day and night and he bears fruit in our lives. As Christians, we are called to elevate God's word above our natural impulses, to change the world and to transform the world by our own powers, by our own energies, by our own wisdom. Rather, we are called as Christians to allow the word of God to transform our lives To show us that we have been transformed. That once we were dead, now we are alive. And therefore we can go into a community of deadness and bring gospel life so that those lives that were dead would see the light. That those people that were once enemies of God will be transformed by the power of his word. That is what James is inviting the people. Which means there's a tendency in our hearts to not receive the word of God with meekness. But there's a tendency in our hearts where we want to receive it with arrogance, we want to use it as a tool to come against the issues in the people that get in our way. But James wants the people to think about it. Receive with meekness the implanted word of God. With meekness requires that first we receive the word of God letting the word of God come into our lives and undo us first to recognize I am an enemy of God and yet his word is transforming me to be his son, to be his daughter. Meekness requires us to say, Lord, undo me, that I will decrease, that you will be increased, that my will will not be done, but your will be done. James is reminding the people that God's word is able to save their souls and the issues that they are facing would be transformed if people are saved. James wanted the people of God to be reminded that salvation brings forth restoration, that salvation brings forth transformation, that it is the gospel that transforms us, that the gospel doesn't transform unsaved people, that therefore they should be focusing on bringing the gospel light into the lives of the people. If you are his, then God's word, Emmanuel, can also save the souls and the people that bother you the most. Acting in our own emotions is not a sign of true religion because it shows that the aim is not God. It shows that the aim is the outcomes of our desires and our tendencies. But when we receive the word of God, with meekness, when we are quick to hear God's word, when we are reminded about the gospel and what He has done in our lives, then we will have compassion for the souls. Then we will be moved, not against an enemy, but against a person that is bound to hell for eternity. If the gospel, in the gospels we read a story of the rich young ruler, he feels good. He is enjoying a religion that he that makes him feel good. He ha- he's an accomplished young man of the law, and he is wealthy. He knows that he has earned recognition in the community due to his name because he has been a faithful religious doer. God has blessed him. He has the finances to show I have a good life, and I have the reputation to say I have a good religious walk. But as he approaches Jesus to get the final mark that he's looking for so that he will be recognized as one of the elite, he, his life will be confronted with Jesus' demands. Jesus is demanding that his life would glorify God first, not his own. Jesus will demand that he has to give everything where he has placed his identity, the money. Faced with these two options, he opts to pursue his religion based on what it makes him feel, what he felt about his life, what it made him look around the community. And so he leaves Jesus. And he leaves Jesus full of sadness because God showed him that in order, that true and pure religion means to give glory to God and not to his own. He was a very wealthy, rich, religious man. But he could not decide to give glory to God in his own life. We need the implanted word of God to bear fruit in our lives and in our actions. Because if it is not the word of God bearing fruit in our lives, then something else is bearing fruit in our lives. Let us look at our next point. deceptions, The deceptions of a pretty and attractive religion. We can see this in verses 22 and verses 22, 24. But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away at once. He forgets what he was like. James is worried with his beloved brothers that they are hearing all the time, but they are not doing anything about it. They are hearing the word of God. They are just hearing it week after week, podcast after podcast, book after book, and yet their lives are doing nothing. They are not bearing fruit. And James is worried because his friends are beginning to be people who spend time in front of the mirror, who spend time in front of the mirror like the witch in the Sleeping Beauty, who asks the mirror, who is the fairest of all? Waiting to hear, you are. But they even come to the point of ignoring that the mirror is saying, no, there's fairer ones. There's more beautiful ones, those that are hearing and doing. James compares being a hero of the word with people being deceived. Of course, it's a great thing to look at yourself in the mirror. You have been made in the image of God. You are a beautiful person. And God desires that you will understand how beautiful he has made you to be. But he has not intended for you to lose your life in front of the mirror. But, or to lose your life, it's staring at the mirror. The same thing, James is worried that the people are spending so much time in listening, and yet their lives are not being affected. The, the Word of God is not leaving an imprint in their lives. So when they go out into the community, they begin to live out a new way of life, they begin to stare at the mirror. Not moved to the actions. And this mirror analogy reminded me of a movie, Harry Potter's movie, where Harry is going to, he's in a school and all of a sudden he finds a mirror. And he sees the image of his dad and late mother. And all of a sudden this principal comes and finds him there. He spends hours and hours looking into the mirror because it makes him feel good. He makes him dream about the dreams of having a family, but all of a sudden, the principal tells tells him many people have lost their whole lives and wasted away by just looking at the mirror without living their lives. The law, that is what James says, that to be hearers only is self-deception and not real transformation. This is why the previous verses call us to receive the word of God with meekness, which means to allow the word of God to come and transform us, to let it be implanted in the depths of our hearts, in the depths of our desires and our dreams and our passions so that it would transform us, letting the word take hold of our hearts. That's what it means to hear the word of God and to let it do work because then our lives will begin to change. Our lives will begin to have a salt and light and it will allow us to be people that communicate the goodness of the gospel with people that surround us in all their circles of influence and beyond. James knew that the religious community that surrounded the people of God venerated the Torah, venerated hearing and hearing and memorizing the word of God, yet their lives were not bearing fruits. Because veneration is not to receive the word of God. Veneration is not to receive the word of God and allow it to be implanted in your lives. To the depths that it creates roots within you and begins to sprout out. James was concerned. That's why he, James wants them to check their lives. Because the gospel seed is a good seed. And it's always good seed. And if it is a good seed, it will bear good fruit. Like Paul in Galatians 2, we have to recognize that if we have been crucified with Christ Jesus, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life that now we are called to live in the flesh is by faith in the Son of God who has loved us and gave himself for us. We are called to hear the word of God, to allow it to transform our lives and to go out and do what it calls us to do. The deceptions of superficial and pretty and attractive religion are dangerous for us because they captivate us to the point of us losing ourselves in inaction. Yet the Word of God is living and active, able to pierce our hearts, able to bring life out of darkness, able to bring us from death to life. But the third point pure religion has freedom. And power, Because it overflows out of the lives of people that have been transformed, who have received the grace of the gospel. Leading us to love others in the same way that Jesus has loved us. It moved us to care. It moves us to love. It moves us to have compassion for those who are broken and lost. It moves us to see that our souls once were bound to hell and now are destined to eternal life. He moves us to see the eternal joy of our lives and the promises of Jesus Christ for us. And he moves us to recognize those who are walking not with Jesus. And he gives us compassion. And he draws us to move in their direction so that we might have the opportunity to share the good news. So that perhaps they too would receive the grace that the Lord Jesus Christ has allowed us to receive. That's why James 1, 25 and 27 says, but the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty and perseveres, being not hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. Do you want to be blessed? If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. James reminds us that pure religion brings about real transformation. As you look into the perfect law, the implanted word of God in your lives, you will produce perfect law fruit. If the perfect law is what is coming into your heart, you will produce the fruit of the perfect law. A fruit that is not enslaving. A fruit that is full of life. Abundant life. A a fruit that gives freedom for you to understand what are your gifts and talents and how God has called you to use them for the sake of the kingdom in your circle of influence. So that's why the text says, Persevere in this. The seed is always good. So pray that the Lord will transform your soilness, your, your dirtiness, your rockiness. That, this, that the Lord will come into the paths of your life where the birds are coming and eating the word of God. So that it will not remain in you. So pray that the Lord will transform you into good soil because the seed is always good. So that you will be able to bear much fruit. Pray that he will hear your voice. That he will hear you. As you call for the lives of your family and the lives of your community and the lives of the people in the city. That he will be able to transform the hearts of those who are lost in the middle of our church plants, in the middle of our mission camps, in the middle of our outreach, in the middle of our works and communities and schools. Persevere in this. Knowing that the promise of the Savior is that we have already been declared good and faithful servants that are welcomed into the kingdom because of the work of Christ. And if that is the reality, then we're called to enjoy the joy of our salvation and to proclaim that joy with the people that surround us and beyond. So persevere in the voice of your Savior. He is able to transform a heart of rock into a good soil that produces good fruits. So hear the good news because the Lord desires to use your life. As a man, as a woman of prayer, as a person that can spend time in praying for your church, for the leaders of your church. In in prayer that the Lord will use the word and affect and transform the hearts of the people that hear it. Use your life and your resources to strengthen the move of the gospel beyond this continent. Open your homes for community groups. Open your lives and your talents to share the good news. Mentor somebody. If you are an introvert, invite an extrovert to throw a party in your house so that other people and your neighbors will come and celebrate what the Lord is doing in your life. The Lord has been at work in your stories. If you take a look at your life, the Lord has been faithful. Yes, the journey can be hard, but he is faithful. And he will accomplish the purpose of his word in your life. Notice verse 27. Religion that is pure, religion that is undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. Pure religion keeps you pure. Pure religion gives you a heart for those that are in affliction. Pure religion gives you the fruit of the gospel so that you can share that fruit with people that surround you. So go and bring the good seed to those who are fatherless so that they will know that there is a father in heaven who has sent his son so that they will never be fatherless again. Bring the good seed to those who are widows so that they will know that the father has created a church, a family so that they will never be alone. Bring the good seed into the lives of the people that offend you the most, because if God has been faithful to transform your own life, how much more can he not do great things in the life of people that bother you? Pure religion keeps you pure because the fruit of your life testifies to the broken world that Jesus lives. And because he lives, there is abundant life available to them. And because there is abundant life, that means we can go into all the corners of the world and preach the good news of the gospel. Because the seed is always good. You know, in conclusion, you can think about this. James begins with a common saying, talk less, fight less, but do more. That, that people that are in dark places might see his light. Do more that people that are in affliction may find eternal joy in him. Do this and the Lord will protect your life from the stains of this world. Let us pray. Our Father, let the implanted Word of God bring life and let our life bear fruit so that many that do not know you would come to know you and may know what it means to have joy in Christ. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.